Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The Final Edition Radio Hour is a work of satire intended for people who own books, gentrify neighbourhoods, and say they like kale. Please consume responsibly the satire, that is. Are you suffering from penile cancer, erectile dysfunction, or are just plain tired of handling that same old cock? Then come down to Dick R Us, where you can buy a new penis today. You mean I can just buy a new penis? That's right. Ever since that penile transplant, new penises are in high demand. Why, you want big or bigger, cut or uncut, human or horse. We have it all in stock just for you. I like the sound of this. As you should. And all of our products are made from real African orphans. AIDS-free guarantees. So how much is this going to cost? Worried about your checkbook? No problem. We have plenty of lower-priced options made in China. Nah, I'd much rather stick to your premium collection. Great! Order now, and we'll even throw in a Russian whore to screw it on for you. Really? Just for me? Just for you, Mr. Trump. Ball's not included. Welcome to the town hall debate for the Democratic presidential nomination. Tonight, we've gone to great lengths to make this a real town hall meeting. So instead of setting up a special gathering just for the candidates, this is just a regularly scheduled town hall in Walling, Connecticut. We were going to have this meeting anyway. We have not vetted any of the questions. The only questioners live nearby. Let's welcome the candidates. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, welcome. great to be here. I love a good town hall. I enjoy speaking with the common people. And Senator Bernie Sanders, welcome to Wally. It's a tremendous honor to speak to you tonight. OMG, LOL, let's get to your questions. Audience members, please step to the microphone, state your name, and ask your question. Hi, yeah, I'm Kavina Marsh. I live on North Broad Street, and I got a public notice some restaurants trying to open on Silvermine Avenue, which is around the corner, and that's just going to be a traffic nightmare. So I want everybody to get to the public hearing next week so we can all stop this thing. Uh, do you have a question for the presidential candidates? Uh, sure. Shouldn't the restaurant just move? Uh, Secretary Clinton? Well, I believe residents should be able to shape their own neighborhoods, but we must also find places for our small businesses. So maybe that restaurant could move to, I don't know, the marina? Senator Sanders. Let me ask you, ma'am, how much money do you make? How much money? I make $300,000 a year. Then I don't care about your problems. Next question. Yeah, hi, I'm Carol T. Berry. I live on Rowe Street. I have a question about my Verizon bill. Is this a policy issue? Well, I was just on vacation for two weeks in April, so I don't think I should have to pay for broadband for the whole month. Well, I'm afraid you're going to have to take that up with Verizon? Seriously? I just waited an hour to get in here, and you're going to send me to another department? Hi, I'm David Hoffmeyer from Wilsonville. I got divorced a few years ago, and I'm trying to get back out there dating again, but I don't know. I just don't care about things I used to care about. Does that make any sense to anybody? Okay, I'm going to have to insist that all future questions deal in some way with government policy. Yeah, I have a question. Is it something to do with the federal government? Yes. I have two questions that relate to the federal government. Good. Go ahead. My first question is, 
how do I get to the Smithsonian from here? And my second question, who is the president currently? Well, I certainly know the president, my old boss, Barack Obama, who has brought stability and sensible government, unless you disagree, in which case I'm willing to talk about it. To get to the Smithsonian, you're going to have to take I-95 most of the way, though you'll be on the 87 and the 287 when you go through New York. Oh, and there are tolls. If I am elected, there will probably be more. Sir, you could just... You could Google those questions. Do we have any serious policy-related government questions for these two candidates for the highest office in the country? Anybody? Your Facebook said there'd be cake. All right. This town hall meeting is adjourned. The next town hall will be August 7th, which will also be a public hearing on renaming one of the Magnolia Streets to be Magnolia Road, so we won't have two Magnolia Streets. We are the Transportation Security Administration. But you probably know us as the people who irradiate your balls. Every day, airports in every major city flood with passengers trying to fly home to their loved ones, attend business encounters in exotic locations, or desert their families. We need to protect those innocent people from terrorists who will attempt to board the plane with shampoo and mouthwash. And that's why we need to irradiate your ball sack before you can board the plane. We have to x-ray every American to expose all possible weapons and brighten our day with naked pictures of free Americans. And bombard your balls with deadly radiation to protect future Americans. Sometimes people ask, if we irradiate your balls, doesn't that kill future Americans? Well... Freedom isn't free. Your children will have to make sacrifices for the sake of your children. And your children's children. Who will also make sacrifices. Your noseless, mutated offspring will live in a secure nation where jihadists won't grab one of your children's children's children and cut off one of their multiple heads. That's also why we probe your anus to prevent trauma. We search your bags to guard your privacy. We confiscate your toiletries to preserve toiletries. And yes, we repeatedly kick you in the balls to save the balls. We are the TSA, the strongest, bravest, most well-trained legion of security professionals that Craigslist could muster. Jonathan, you've been a great reporter for the station, but you took a poop in somebody's yard. Boss, I was, I was stuck in the news van all day. I had to go. The story is all over the internet. The station is a laughing stock. Sorry, kid. I have to fire you. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. I have a better idea. Here, take a look at this promo I just made. Do you have problems with the city and can't get satisfaction? Do you have an issue with a local business that they won't resolve? Then you need two on your side. Just call the KPHO Action Team and ask for me, reporter Jonathan Lowe. I'm willing to drop everything for you. That's two on your side. Yeah, we're Channel 4, okay? No, 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 no. The two is a reference to... I get it! This is crazy! So crazy that it just might work. Later that week... Are you the woman who called two on your side? Yes, Chin's dry cleaning here ruined my $400 outfit, and they won't even refund the money I paid to have it cleaned. Do you think you can do something? I can do plenty. I just ate Taco Bell. Oh, thank you so much. It's time to get down to business. Let's go in. Mr. Chin, I'm reporter Jonathan Lowe from Two on Your Side. Oh, no! You you poopy guy from TV! Very bad! I understand you have an issue with this customer here. Uh, oh, no, no! You no poop in my business! No, no, you, you have to go! You're goddamn right I have to go! Drop trow in three, two, one... Oh, oh, no, no, no. Oh, you ate chalupa! Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Chin. Did you order a cheesy gordita crunch? Oh, no, no, no! Oh. Oh. Woo! All right, let's get out of here. Well, ma'am, thank you for calling to on your side. Yeah, um, what about my money? I'm still out $400. All you did was take a giant dump in that guy's business. (laughs) Ha ha, no need to thank me, ma'am. It's what I do. 
This is Jonathan Lowe with Two on Your Side. Back to you in the studio. Thank you, Jonathan. Boy, I love that Two on Your Side team. I don't think Mr. Chin is going to be mistreating customers anytime soon. I think we just saw the future of local TV news. Man, that was a giant shit. <laughs> it was. Oh, it reminds me of my second wife. Did I ever tell you what Cheryl did on our honeymoon? No, <laughs> but I bet you're going to. <laughs> it was delightful. And now, more Idiot's Pursuit. What 60s hit contains a bridge, a river, and a death by drowning? Ode to Mary Jo. What's the name of Superman's dog? Margot Kidder. What university did Helen Keller attend? The School of Hard Knocks. Where did the Shah of Iran finally find refuge? Hell. What is the national bird of Ireland? The potato. What was the biggest hit of World War II? Hiroshima. What do you call someone with herpes, AIDS, and gonorrhea? An incurable romantic. Why did Jesus cross the road? He was nailed to a chicken. Who said, the surface is fine and powdery? John Belushi. Who was the little tramp? Shirley Temple. And that was Idiot's Pursuit. Join us next time for more Pursuing Idiocy. Sup, world? Holla! It is I, the latest and greatest Kardashian fetus, the human epicenter of a goddamn Game of Thrones-level family feud. Half my genes? Social media royalty Rob Kardashian. The other half? Determination, drive, and physical perfection personified. Black China. So you know this party's gonna be banging. Hashtag boom, boom, shake, shake the womb. Right? (laughs) Am I a girl baby yet? Am I a boy baby yet? Nobody knows. I like to keep them guessing. That's my mystique. But you know it. Either way, I'm everything the Kardashians ever wanted to be. Half black. Oh yeah, I said it. Hashtag cultural appropriation. Hashtag fuck that shit. Hashtag crowning with cornrows, bitches. (laughs) Unicorn emoji. Wink. So get ready, world, because I'm coming, and you know I'm going to be fine and fierce and mess some shit up and shit some mess up and live my fabulous life, and those Kardashians are going to have to deal. We already know my brother's called King. Anyone want to bet I'll be queen with a K? Because that's how I work with an E and serve with a snack. Mm, getting real, bitches. That's bitches with a K. Burn. Yeah, I went there. Hashtag drink tears, Auntie Kim. Hashtag not even born, Insta famous. Hashtag kiss my booty, cause you know it's gonna be fine. Hashtag yes. Me out. We at the Final Edition Radio Hour have our own YouTube video channel now. So for the enjoyment of our listeners, we're going to show some of our videos right here on the radio. Here we go. Wait, what what is that? Oh, that's not one of our Final Edition videos. That's something else. But, But what was that? It was a... It was a different video. Was that meat? It was lamb. The video's from Kazakhstan. Here, here's a final edition video. Nah, it's the same thing. What are they What are they doing to that guy? Nothing. Okay, here's a video from the final edition radio hour. Your baby is the most important person in your life. So ah, the pre-K jeweler sketch. With diamonds. Yeah, it makes a pretty good At video. Jewelers, yeah. We offer a fine selection so, of in that other video, that one guy's dead now, right? I mean, that was real. Search for the final edition on YouTube or go to youtube.com slash user slash the final edition one. And just watch the funny videos. There are some others. Don't worry about those. Man on the street! 
archaeologists in France found an arrangement of rings and structures built by Neanderthals more than 176,000 years ago. It's the kind of building we didn't think Neanderthals did. Final edition asked the man on the street. What do you think? I'm just going to say what everyone's been thinking. Uh, it's Stargate. I'm the president of France, and I have to concur. I did think that. And then the French surrendered to the Neanderthals. What's really weird is that all those ring structures say Trump on them. Trump built the rings? Well, of course. How do you think you keep the dang old immigrants out? I, for one, am not surprised that Neanderthals constructed such large buildings, as I've seen documentaries where they constructed drive-ins, large office buildings. One family would get giant Bronto ribs put onto their cars every week. I don't think that's the last structure built by Neanderthals. I think they're building a football stadium in Inglewood. I think it's fascinating that they finally figured out what happened to the Neanderthals. They saw the ring. Seven days later, no more Neanderthals. Uh, I've always assumed that 100,000 years ago, some caveman French person walked into a swamp, picked up some snails and fish eggs and frogs and said, oh, this will be our cuisine. Are we even sure this is a Neanderthal ring and it's not just people have finally discovered Euro Disneyland? You're hearing echoes. I'm John DiLiberto. Rochelle Parmeny DiLiberto creates sound visions, part commentary, part sonic texture, a full actualization of rage and disharmony. She joins me in the studio tonight. Rochelle, thank you for coming. John, I'm not a composer. I'm your wife, and I'm leaving you. Rochelle, your early albums emphasize tight harmonies and pastoral lyrics, but lately you've taken a different direction with more message lyrics and atonality that challenge the listener. What inspired this new approach? I don't know, John, it's a lot of things. For the last year or two, I've been waking up and thinking, what are we doing here? This is not a real relationship, John. I don't think we've had one moment of real connection in three years. And that desire for genuine connection informs a composition of yours called, John, Are You Even Listening? Let's hear a little bit of it. Wait a minute, were you recording when we argued in the car? And the diverse melange of influences, including Aaron Copeland and David Byrne. John, are you even listening? I'm talking about your parents. You're dumping this whole thing on me. So, it's similar to the tension in Astor Piazzolla's album Tango Zero Hour, which reached a larger audience at the expense of alienating tango purists. John, are you even listening to me? So, how do you think the repetition of the song title helped this piece? Well, John, apparently it didn't. You will not stand up to your parents or really confront anything. I'm going away now. Forever. Before you go, could you favor us with one more round of disturbing hate sex? No. Well, thank you for stopping by. As you go, here's a recording of us in the bathroom. It's called, John, would you please, 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 just stop talking. Herschel Raffeson puts John, people to sleep with sonic would you painters please, using synthesizers, please, stolen food, and child please, laborers. He's been banned please, in seven countries, and his latest work is nine hours of white noise please. created entirely with acoustic Are instruments. Are you in there? It won the Pulitzer Prize, and John, the question, is music... John, it's Rochelle. ...really music? John, it's your wife. for? One of Freddie Gray's killers got acquitted. No cop killed any white dudes in custody. Black Lives Matter! White Lives Matter more! Why? Because there's more of us, so we're in more danger. Mathematical fact is... Bullshit! You got no idea the kind of danger we're in. Get lost! Peaceful protest. Peaceful protesters with assault mm. rifles. You can be a peaceful protester. Rifles don't shoot peace. Have they fired a single shot? Oh, oh, oh. But they have assault rifles. How is that peaceful? How is that? The rifles are keeping the peace. That's why I have one. See. Lady, you don't seem to get it. You are the danger. Yes! 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 Why? 
Have I riddled you with bullets? Actually, <laughs> no, 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 no bullets. The near you. Not yet. Oh, yeah. no, no, not yeah. yet. Are you trying to make me feel foolish? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you're foolish. You are a fool. Oh, those are fighting words. I do not feel safe. Oh, oh my God. Oh, Lady, I'm an arm. How am I threatening your safety? Yeah. I give you fair warning. If you continue to make me feel foolish and therefore unsafe, I will be forced to stand my ground. If this or something like this has threatened your sense of security recently, contact White Lives Matter more today. We provide support, counseling, comfort, protection, a safe space, and in special cases, a free assault weapon. Remember, white lives matter more because there's more of us. Good evening, I'm Tim Buck. And I'm Tim Buck, too. No relation. And you're listening to the Tim Buck News Hour. Our top story tonight, a giant creature described by witnesses as a like King Kong, but a skunk, is rampaging through the streets of downtown Kansas City. But first, we'd like to clear up some confusion. Yes, as many of you probably noticed at the top of the show, my co-anchor and I have the exact same name. I want to assure you, the listener, that this is just a massive coincidence. That's correct, Tim. In fact, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe either of us had met before we were hired to do this show. No, that is correct, Tim. I actually didn't even know that there was another Tim Buck doing professional journalism before meeting you on this show. And just to clarify for the audience, the Tim Buck News Hour is named after me. I am the senior correspondent. Yes, that's true. I hope to one day have a show named after me, too. I'd call it the Tim Buck News Hour. But that's all the time we have for world news, so let's throw it to sports and our sportscaster, Tim Buck. Thanks, Tim. In sports today, Big Poppy David Ortiz was arrested for illegally importing stolen artifacts from China. But first, I'd just like to explain, I'm actually the second Tim Buck's cousin. I know it's kind of weird for cousins to have the same name, but our dads were very close. And when his father was killed during a black ops mission in the Congo, my dad named me after him in his honor. So you see, it couldn't be any less confusing. Back to you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. I've just been handed a breaking news report. The so-called Mad Bomber has just blown up another drive through dairy stand. This makes uh, the I'm sorry to interrupt, Tim, but I think Tim was actually throwing it to me. I-, I introduced him. No, no, I'm quite certain Tim met me. I am the Tim Buck of the Tim Buck News Hour. But we're running out of time, so let's go to weather and our expert meteorologist, Tim Buck. Thank you, Tim. A Class 5 tornado is moving through town, and the following neighborhoods need to be evacuated. But first, I'd also like to clear up some of the fluster over my name. I was born Timberly Bimberly, but my mom married the first Timbuk's dad, and that dad really became like a father to me. So to show how much I came to love and respect him, I legally took his last name and became Timberly Buck, or Timbuk for short. But that's all the time we have for weather, Tim. Well, guys, we just did another whole program introducing ourselves and forgot to get to the news part. True, but we all agree it's very important for the listeners at home to understand some of the more confusing aspects of the show. That is true. I just wish there was another way. Any last-minute international stories before we call it a night? Uh, all of Norway is on fire. Well, we'll try to get to that tomorrow. For all of us here at the Tim Buck News Hour, I'm Tim Buck, and have a wonderful evening. Damn Damn it, Tim! Welcome back to the Final Edition Radio Hour. Every now and then, the Final Edition Radio Hour takes the opportunity to interview some of the great men and women of comedy, media, politics, and all sorts of arts and letters. Is that a thing? I like the the used word great. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they're great, and sometimes we interview them. But today, you... President uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Yes. John Stewart. Liam McEnany. In that order, actually. What's what's uh, ironic is not a lot of people know how funny Teddy Roosevelt was. Um, <laughs> he, he, well, you know, he had the guy in his family with the wheelchair. Right. And um, that really sets up your, your comedy chops. Anyway, as you may have guessed, we have a guest today. And that guest is uh, someone who I have known since I started doing comedy in New York City, which I didn't start here. I started elsewhere. Yeah, you started in San Francisco. I didn't start in San Francisco. Uh, our guest today is Liam McEnany. I always you know, wonder if I say that right. 
Is it McEnany? McEnany. Son of a dick. That's okay. I have a friend named Rob Paravonian who you know. Yeah. And for the first maybe 15 years that I knew him, I pronounced it Rob Paravonian. As do I still. And then one day I called him and I got his voicemail and it said, you have reached Rob Paravonian. And I, honest to God, for a second was like, oh, he's pronouncing his name wrong. <laughs> yeah. But took, was it him saying his name or was it, yeah, the, it was him? Yeah, him. Yeah. And I was like, then I was like, oh, that's probably the right way to say it. Yeah. He but he's too Midwestern polite to, con- to contradict me. Um, Liam and I uh, know each other from, uh, it's probably been, how? 15 years, and I would say I met you first at the 1017 open mic at the Gershwin Hotel. That that would be my guess. We go back a bit in New York comedy. New York comedy, um, as as Liam said, I started in San Francisco. You started here, right? I started, you know what's interesting though is like, you're from San Francisco, and a lot of really funny political comedians start in, in San Francisco, you, uh, Kamau Bell, Jim Earl, mm-hmm. uh, fucking Nato Green. I mean, uh, Bill Nato Durst Green. is out there. He's Will still Durst. out there. Well, there's always. I mean, one, we're jumping ahead to where one of the questions I want. Oh, I'm to sorry. Ask. No, just... no, it doesn't matter. There's no order here. Uh, I'll just say Liam. We'll mention later. Has also, an album Mark coming Twain. out. Mark Twain was well known. He said uh, the summer and the coldest winter I ever spent <laughs> was summer in San Francisco. And man, there are a lot of gays out here. <laughs> he also. He also <laughs> said... I think I stole that joke from Brian Mallow, so no one shoots me. He also said, if you don't like the weather in San Francisco, just wait 15 minutes. Yeah. He also said, hey, I've got an idea for a great app. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Man, Mark Twain would would have a field day with this election, am I right? He he also said, please uh, take back the Bill Cosby Award that you gave in my name in 2005. I know. So, you know, my I once got a Mark Twain uh, prize. It was actually at an open mic. Some homeless guy in San Francisco Mm -hmm. said I reminded him of... Mark Twain. Now listen. Well, that's because th- you keep saying the N word in your act. <laughs> I do. Nuance. I keep saying <laughs> nuance. Um, I'm glad we brought up sort of uh, historical moments, relatively speaking, historical moments in comedy. Because one thing I was interested in talking to you about is the change that comedy has undergone since you started. And I started. I started in like end of ninety nine, two thousand. Is that about when you started? I started or, twenty years ago. Twenty years. So May twelfth. It'll be twenty years. Yes, exactly. Congrats. Happy uh, Happy birthday Thank you. anniversary. Thank you. Um, I, I feel good about it. So you have you have a perspective. I think I got the end of in my perspective on our era of comedy. Yours a little uh, deeper um, is that when we started, there was no comedy boom. You did comedy sort of because it was a calling, and you had no choice, or you were criminally insane. Right? Is yeah. that what you saw then? And and how have you seen comedy evolve in whatever different ways that you tend to answer? You're absolutely right. It was, um, and I almost feel like. It's become very well documented now, which is a weird thing. Mm. But the, there was the comedy boom of the 80s that fizzled out in the early 90s. Uh, suddenly there was no work. Um, the clubs weren't, like, comedy clubs in New York weren't really, like, a thing. Like, I used to, when I was 17, I would go to the comedy cellar. I would cash out my paycheck at my shitty job. Excuse my language if this is over the air. We're allowed to swear. There's as a lady listening, so I hope... Uh, I That's hope our one listener. Don't, one don't, listener. Don't alienate her. No, no, but uh, but but you know, it's like I remember I would go to the comedy cellar every every like uh, weekend, and it'd be really easy to get a seat late night, you know, because there was just basically one show that would run all night, and I would see like Dave Attell, Dave Chappelle, yeah. Wanda Sykes, like all these great comics who were working their stuff out still, uh, <clears throat> and then there seem we seem to be in the middle of a new comedy boom, except it's a comedy boom where comedians don't make money. Yeah. Well, it's a comedy. I, I look at it as like a comedy content boom. Everyone is a comedian, right? From the person that sends forwards an email right. to Twitter accounts and YouTube. I mean, I I don't want this to become like a a bitch fest about no, no, stuff. No, well, I think it's good in well, a way. It's good, it's good you brought up Twitter because like I remember when Twitter was first a thing, there were all these articles that were like, now everybody's a monologue writer, and it's like, yeah, but most people are bad at it, and that's <laughs> yes. why they don't have those jobs is because they're not funny and they're just basically doing the not funny version of the jokes right. you see on TV every night. Well, do you think that the, whatever you call this comedy boom, this era of like comedy everywhere has made comedy less edgy? I mean, I, I have a, go on, let me, you just. I would say the era of comedy everywhere is a great way to put it. That's just what I wanted to jump in and say that. Well, good. Uh, then let's, let's, that'll be the name <laughs> of our next podcast. <laughs> the era of comedy everywhere. Tonight we're recording it right now. It'll yeah, be yeah. a 10 second podcast every day. <laughs> It'll just be the title. And then, um, my, my feeling is like, I look at it as, as you know, like, Myself and Tony Hendra and this show sort of have a a satirical approach, like a a social message we try to mix in with our comedy for better or worse. And 
Sometimes I look at the broad comedy now and say, you know, people aren't being social. But then I say, well, actually, there's more people doing. Maybe there's a million comedians, but then there are people like uh, Hari Kondabalu, um, right. Nagin, Kamal Bell. Um, you know, there and there are tons of people that are using that platform as much as there are people not. Um, and I just, it's like this era is is potentially great for comedy. It's just it's so much harder to um, get your head above water. You know, I would say there's a lot of comedians now who are making social points who are very funny, too. And then there's some comedians who are like slam poet comedians who yes. are like, we I won't name any name names, names, but we know, <laughs> we know exactly who we're talking about. But they're like, but they, but they like have latched onto this idea of this like progressive movement and have done well with it, which yeah. is great. Uh, but <clears throat> I would say what this era doesn't have, uh, what I don't see among young comics is like, and I sound like an old man, Say but it. it's like there's no, and this is myself included, there's no like George Carlin or Richard Pryor or Bill Hicks or Lenny Bruce or anyone like that who is willing to really like take a risk of being unpopular, uh, mm. you know, to or, or to say something that's just like uh, might offend people or might be shocking. Uh, right. You know, it, it, well, there are people I think that do that, but that's their thing. Like right. uh, the guy, like there's a Fox News comedian where his whole thing is to be obnoxious and, and be quote unquote shocking. Right. But I think you're looking at people that are that are great joke writers, great performers, smart, but also willing to like be controversial. Like Ann Coulter, right. who I, I pronounce her name like that. Ann Coulter is basically <laughs> a comedian. Satan. Right, exactly. Satan Coulter is, uh, is basically like She's an entertainer. Yeah, yeah, she's a shock jock. And that's, you know, that's her job. She's right. a shock, shock jock. And she's very, very good at it uh, because she makes me furious. But it's like, <laughs> but, the, but the thing is like, the, like the thing about Pryor was he would say these incredibly personal things. Mm-hmm. And then he would say these things that were political, not because he was trying to make a political point, but because he was a black man in America in right. the 1970s and 1960s and 1980s. Uh, things that were inherently political, and then he would also do this dead-on impression of a deer drinking out of a stream. Yeah, you know, and it was just, it was just, and Carlin was the same way, where he had twenty minutes just kind of fondly remembering Catholic school and goofing around. Right. We had more than twenty-eight albums on that, you know. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, class clown was right, a whole, right. you know. But then he would also be like, uh, Ronald Reagan is is selling this country, right. and, and you know, arms the for environment and all that. is criminal, and these guys should be in jail. I wonder if some of it is the need to have a brand now, in a way. I mean, a you know those those people. You know, you you know who they are, and you trust them, so you go with them wherever they want to go. And now, maybe if you have to Twitter or YouTube it or refine it to like to be heard and all the noise, you have to have a, a really knife, a sharp as a knife edge brand, and so you can't be nuanced. Um, because I feel like there are people like like Louis C.K. is someone right. who has that opportunity, right. but you know, uh, Amy Schumer has that opportunity. But there's a, only a few people that get to the level where you can look at their whole body of work, and even they like. Do they really have that freedom to be this person like Carlin and and Pryor, who are complex and talented and and lovable? I think you know. I think in a way the country's shift towards conservatism in the two thousands, especially, was good for comedy in that sense because yeah. gave me a career. <laughs> but it, not only that, but it's like there's it's always easier to have uh, to to have that con to have that point of view of heard. If it's the contrarian point of view, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it was harder in Obama's America, you know, to stand up and say, like, you know, uh, I don't even know, because because we were all kind of we were all kind of excited that Obama was president. We were all working towards the same goal. Whereas, like, in the 1950s, it was it was easier to be Tom Lehrer, right? you know, making just singing these horribly scabrous songs about the Vatican or, or you know, in the 1960s, right. too. Well, what's been interesting is, is you'd think that the Obama era would give rise to conservative comedians or conservative comedy, but again, it hasn't. I mean, that's a whole other conversation about why conservative comedians haven't really become successful. Right. And that's... Uh, I know. I realize I'm talking out of my ass here, but I, no. I do oh. think, like, you know... Um, I think unless, dude, if Trump gets elected president, you're going to see some of the most insanely funny political comedy yeah. you've ever. But I think I think I think John Stewart got out at the right time, where it was just like, you know, one of the reasons why people were sharing Daily Show clips and talking about him and talking about Colbert was because you had this administration in office that was incredibly conservative, and it was increasingly obvious that there was something wrong. 
and the average person on the street was not able to articulate it and didn't have a platform because even with Facebook and Twitter and all that, you're right, you get lost in all this noise. And John Stewart and Stephen Colbert were able to kind of rise above that noise and and have their voices heard. Well, they took it to like it became a craft. I mean, I think you said earlier about everyone's a monologue writer. Yeah, it's crappy. Right. Or like you think about like Carlin and Pryor, like those guys crafted their act. And right. I think that like in many ways, the fact that that the avenue to becoming a comedian now isn't that like just re- hone it and hone it on stage all the time, which I admit I don't do as much as I used to, but I, right. I, had, a, I had a moment, you know, I had a good stretch where I did, I was on stage all the time. That really helps you hone things. And, and I think, um, you know, to pay a compliment to you, and, and, <laughs> and I haven't heard your new album yet, we're going right. to play some clips, but um, from the material I remember is it's very, it's, it's honed to start, but it reminds me, don't get all blushy or make out with me on this, it reminds me of um, some element of like an early Steve Martin, and that Steve Martin was like, I'm not saying you're one of the smartest comedians there, but Steve Martin's yeah. a brilliant man. I mean, look at his body of work, but he like did an arrow through his head. And that's not what your act is, but like, right. like I will go to my, um, I'm, I'm sorry if people have their, their bits they remember, but uh, your Beastie Boys bit. Oh, yes. Like, uh, if you can remember it, you could tell it or of do course. the short version of it. Well, it's, it's, well, I mean, that's such an old bit, and I, yeah. I, I don't do it, but it's like, um, yeah, it's, it's a song fight for you right to party. That's mm-hmm. it. And, um, you know, it's like, there's a lyric that was like, my mom took away my best porno mag. And first of all, what kind of party are you fighting for the right to throw where you're going to need your best porno mag? And then there was a whole act out about someone's mom going through his porno mags looking for his very best. Yeah, that was the part I remember, the, the, the mommy like, oh, this is definitely your worst yeah. porno or something like that. Anyway, my yeah. point is when you, I think when you face that fire of stand-up, it helps you then in anything refined. Like I've taken... I mean, I never obviously popped as a huge stand-up star, but I've taken what I learned from touring in West Virginia, right. and I apply it to, like, writing books and doing what we do here on the final edition, and right. just, you know, it's it's a Well, you also get, you get that ear mm-hmm. uh, when you're writing. After you've been on stage for about 10 years, I think, yeah. you start to get that ear in your head where you're just like, this is where a laugh would be. Yeah, or this is going too long. We got this. Is, yeah, but yeah, it's but that, seriously, that's the number one thing I always get is like it's too long. Dude, like, editing is editing is so tough in yeah. comedy because, especially me, like I just, you know, that was the nice thing about this album was I just was like, okay, I'm not going to do this tag for the album, and then I fucking did the tag I said I wouldn't do, and then it died on its ass the way I knew it would, and then I was like, well, I guess we're going to cut this out. <laughs> you got to try, man. Look, I I applaud getting an album done. I I still struggle to get myself a good just like seven minute tape just because like taping shit is so well, I don't believe that uh, you're right I'm great I mean no uh, you're you're funny it's just like I, I think the struggle really is and I know what you're talking about is take getting a seven minute tape that TV bookers want to see well TV bookers and even that I want to see because I'm always I, I I never was like to do the same set a hundred times and that's kind of what you have to do right anyway let's not make this the Jeff hour um Liam, no, no, my album's great. It's called yes. Working Class Fancy, and you should definitely buy it. Where can we find it? Just uh, online and find iTunes it? and all that. When does this drop? Uh, I believe it drops on May twentieth. Oh, yeah. this is the, then. Then the album's out today. You can order it on Amazon. You can order it on iTunes. You can order it uh, at Google Play Store. Um, That's you, enough places. It's Liam Magnet. It's called Working Class Fancy. Uh, if we have time, we'll play a clip from it. I'm not making any promises. We're we're busy people here. We got to do promos you for don't make them. Pay. Make them yeah, pay for that. You know what? You don't get your free crap here. Yeah, man. Go and listen and keep listening to the final uh, edition radio hour. Yeah, um, look for me on Napster if you want a free taste. Really? Look for me on LimeWire if you want a free taste. Oh, pirate Bay. <laughs> pirate. <laughs> it's an honor. When my book was getting, when I found my book being illegally downloaded, I considered it an honor. Oh, I did that concert film, Tell Your Friends, and I'm still oh, yeah. pissed that nobody's torrenting it. Uh, by the way, Lee, I, we didn't get your credits, but Liam has done some incredible work. Uh, you have a website? Uh, heyitsliam.com. Hey, H-E-Y-I-T-S-L-I-A-M.com. People don't know how to spell. Or you can go to workingclassfancy.com, and it takes you right to that page on my website. Jesus, this is becoming an infomercial for the internet. Guys, this is the final edition <laughs> radio. Last. I know I did. Thank you for joining Where's us. Tony Hendra? Uh, Tony Hendra is not, but fake Tony Hendra sometimes appears, and it's me doing this. <laughs> it's the best Tony Hendra impersonation on the show. <laughs> Thank you for joining us at Final Edition Radio Hour. We'll be right back. Coming soon, the movie that somebody, somewhere, decided is going to make billions. The ads are in the subway. They're on your TV. They're on every web page you click. You cannot escape this film. Liam Neeson, or somebody very much like him, 
in panic. There's a serial terrorist in this exclusive Beverly Hills High School, but there's no need to panic. You don't want to see this movie. You really, really don't want to see this movie. But what the hell do you know? Have you studied the focus groups? Have you looked at the marketing data? Do you even read the trade papers? No, you don't. So shut up. How are you holding up, Stella? You mean, how am I handling my life as an attractive, tough-as-nails high school principal who's embarrassed about her history as a beauty queen and also never fired a gun and doesn't think she could ever fire a gun and doesn't think she ever will fire a gun, so why do we keep talking about it? Is that your whole backstory? Yes. Oh, and I have a deaf son. Look out! A hero being framed. A woman who you think might be the killer until you check what time it is and realize the film is only halfway through so it can't be her. Big fight scenes. Long speeches condemning violence. Cars that crash into themselves. A baby that almost gets crushed by an aircraft carrier. Twice. The public is already sick of this movie and it hasn't even opened. I'm on the phone to my deaf son. I, I, I think he can hear me. What? Look out! Panic. This film looks awful, and it is going to make a crap ton of money. And now, in honor of women everywhere, the final edition's Bridget Fitzgerald tries to pass the Bechdel test. Hello, everyone. I'm Bridget Fitzgerald. And I'm Southern Bridget Fitzgerald. And I'm French Brigitte Fitzgerald. I'm from Paris. So in order to pass the Bechdel test, we need to have two or more women who all talk to each other at the same time, sugar. About something other than un garçon. So, ladies, what shall we talk about? Well, it's almost debutante season. We could talk about our coming out soirees. Mom was antebellum themed. Made everyone uncomfortable. Oh, Anna, we could discuss the transmundane disassociation of the pre-structuralist existential surrealism. Unless you want uh, something a bit more challenging. Or bunnies. Everyone loves bunnies, right? I love bunnies. No, come on. That labradoodle won't hunt, you hear? We should discuss the admittedly misunderstood majesty of the sale. You're a bursa bourgeois. Excusez-moi, but I'm going to protest the Louvre for not including any post-gender Maori masks just because no one made one. Hold on. Okay, must we talk about something? We should be able to talk about something. I mean, what about baby pandas? Everybody here loves baby oh, honey. If brains were a leather, you couldn't saddle a June bug. Good luck with this test thing. I'm heading to the country club. I heard they just accepted a Greek family. <laughs> How deliciously scandalous. Or, or pancakes. We could talk about pancakes. Everybody loves pancakes. All right, time is up. Technically, you never had a real conversation, so I'm afraid you've lost. But join us next time as Bridget Fitzgerald attempts to pass the Bechdel test again. Boys! Ah, damn it. A legendary film classic is rebooted for our current political climate. When Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic Space Shuttle mistakenly travels thousands of years into the future... One passenger, played by Charlie Sheen, discovers he's on Planet of the Libs. What's going on here? This can't be. A whole society that gives out entitlements? This is the one I was telling you about. Look, he can talk. I don't believe it. You know conservatives can't talk. Who are you people? C-Zero? Oh, he's just mimicking. Right-wingers can do that, you know? They can't think. Hey, I'm not a right-winger. How can he answer you if he's just mimicking? I'm not a conservative. I'm a drug-addicted celebrity. They're the worst kind. Are you two sisters? I should say not. We're married? Of course. Why didn't I realize? Wow. Gay marriage turned out to last after all. What's this gay marriage the alien is talking about? I'm just differentiating it from heterosexual marriage. Shh! Don't let anyone hear you say that. It's illegal, you know. Here comes Dr. Cruzus. Well, 
Is this the little far-right extremist you were telling me about? I'm telling you he can talk. Now, Cornelia, you know that right-wingers are wild animals. They can't process anything through their primitive brains. Most respected scientists believe they have fecal matter for brains. I'm telling you, this conservative is different. What is going on here? What kind of twisted, healthy society is this? Why, my atavistic moron. This is a society where anyone can get an abortion and where all of us listen to NPR. Do you all watch the newsroom on HBO? No, that would be extra. This can't be a whole planet of liberals. Who interferes with democracy? Who denies global warming? Who replaces Julie Andrews with Carrie Underwood in The Sound of Music? Ah! Now you've gone too far, righty. I'm afraid he's going to lib-atomize you. You mean... Yes, he's shutting down your access to Rush Limbaugh. Not Rush! I mean, I'm not a conservative, but I need to be entertained. Too late. Now come here. Get your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty lib! amid the noise and waste and remember what comfort there may be in owning a piece thereof avoid quiet and passive persons unless you are in need of sleep rotate your tires speak glowingly of those greater than yourself and heed well their advice even though they be turkeys know what to kiss and when Consider that two wrongs never make a right, but that three do. Wherever possible, put people on hold. Be comforted that in the face of all aridity and disillusionment, and despite the changing fortunes of time, there is always a big future in computer maintenance. Strive at all times to bend, fold, spindle, and mutilate. Know yourself. If you need help, call the FBI. Exercise caution in your daily affairs, especially with those persons closest to you. That lemon on your left, for instance. Be assured that a walk through the ocean of most souls would scarcely get your feet wet. Fall not in love, therefore. It will stick to your face. Gracefully surrender the things of youth, birds, clean air, tuna, Taiwan, and let not the sands of time get in your lunch. Hire people with hooks. For a good time, call 606-4311. Ask for Ken. Take heart amid the deepening gloom that your dog is finally getting enough cheese. And reflect that whatever misfortune may be your lot, it could only be worse in Milwaukee. You are a fluke of the universe. You have no right to be here. And whether you can hear it or not, the universe is laughing behind your back. Therefore, make peace with your God, whatever you conceive him to be, hairy thunderer or cosmic muffin, with all its hopes, dreams, promises and urban renewal, the world continues to deteriorate. Give up.
Thank you for listening to the Final Edition Radio Hour. Humans providing their voices to the Final Edition include Bruce Cherry, Jen Dodd, Jim Earl, Rob Gordon, Tony Hendra, Jeff Chrysler, Jeff Hendrick, Dan Vitale, Jessica Park, Barry Link, Ebby Parker, John Marshall, Rachel Rauch, Steve Rosenfield, James Mount, Rob Miller, Leah Krinsky, Kayla Merrill, Andrew Danish, Leslie Shapira, Ann Tuchel, Darby Worley, Ben Kirchner, Gil Barron, and Bridget Fitzgerald. Writers for the final edition include Bruce Cherry, James Mount, Jen Dodd, Jim Earl, Ben Kirchner, Bridget Fitzgerald, Rob Gordon, Gil Barron, Tony Hendra, Jeff Hendrick, Jessica Park, Ebby Parker, Jeff Chrysler, Barry Lank, Leah Krinsky, John Marshall, Kurt Weitzman, Eve Weston, Leslie Shapira, Kate Knowles, Jeremy Rayburn, and Steve Rosenfield. The final edition was produced and directed by Tony Hendra and Jeff Chrysler. West Coast production and direction by Barry Lank. Audio editing and sound design by Greg Russ and Andrew Hammond. The final edition is the property of the final edition LLC. Copyright 2016. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.